Do you like all things spooky? How about chilling stories that have you reaching for the covers? In this podcast, we're going under the covers to delve into all things from chilling haunts to your worst nightmares. I'm Morgan. And I'm Emily. And this is why we don't Don't sleep sleep alone. Hi. Hello. Oh, welcome back, everyone. And Morgan, I haven't seen you in like two weeks. I know. So, Merry Chrysler. Merry Crate Me. Happy Holidays. <laughs> Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays. But yeah, it's the holiday season. And uh, so today we're going to have a holiday episode, mm-hmm. kind of. It's our Christmas special. Right. But before we get into that, I uh, just wanted to remind everyone that you can follow us on social media at uh, Do Not Sleep Alone on every platform imaginable. And TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Twitter TikTok, fa- fa- Facebook, email, email uh, <laughs> everywhere. You know. S- send us love notes. We love love notes. We love love notes. Uh, we will do our best to respond to you whenever we can. And also keep an eye out for any updates on Patreon. Mm-hmm. We, January 1st. We already have a lineup going on. We've been working a lot on it. We are super excited to release all that new content for y'all. There will be two different tiers and there's different things that you get with each tier. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll be posting about that pretty soon and just keep an eye out. And yeah. uh, We'll go into some detail in the next episode. Yeah. We'll explain it for y'all. We'll unpackage it for y'all. Merry Christmas. And uh, speaking of detail, why don't you... Uh, Get into some detail with the story, Morgan. <laughs> so we're going, we're going across seas for this trip. I'm sorry, I really wanted to say that. <laughs> Overseas. So the case that we're going to be talking about today is one of Finland's best known homicides, and the killer has never been officially pinpointed or identified. But this happens a lot in these kind of cases because you can't, like, everyone knows who it is. OJ Simpson, but you can't Pin say it. who it is in the court of law. Like, there's just not enough circumstantial evidence that can get you to, you know, nick that person in the butt. Convict. Convict. I know. I just wanted to use fun terms instead of using our legal m- terms. Million dollar words over here. Convict. Ooh. Convict. Convict. Music. <laughs> So whereabouts in uh, Finland? Fin- Finland? Are we? Fin- 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 Finland. Emily's gonna help me with the names because I am illiterate and I can't, I can't read names. I've tried and I can't do it. I'm gonna try, but I'm not gonna succeed. So this is the case about the woman in the oven, which is as gruesome as it sounds. So strapping, y'all. Merry Christmas. Get your hot cocoa. Get your happy holidays. Put on your fuzzy socks and let's get started. Okay. Um, so I said it. You did it. It's okay. It's okay. Um, uh, so uh, <laughs> when you're so nervous to talk in front of your best friend, what is anxiety? Literally sitting alone in the closet. I don't, I don't know why I'm getting nervous, but I'm fine. I'm sweating, but I'm fine. I'm sweating too. It's okay. It's okay. Hilka Saarinen. 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 There we go. Mm-hmm was last seen alive in December of 1960. She was 33 years old and lived together with her husband. Now, this is a mouthful, y'all. Penti Franz Olivi Sarin. Sarinen. That's what she said. Hey. 
in an old wooden house and it was actually her childhood home which is like really sweet and she inherited it from her grandparents the couple had taken out a bank loan to buy out other inheritors and they ended up having five children after marrying super sweet Hilka was described by many people as very nice, very lovely woman. She was super petite, soft-spoken. She was just kept to herself, really cute little girl. Girl. Woman. She was a woman. Um, quite the opposite of her husband, Penty, who, when drunk, became very violent, very possessive, very jealous of Hilka. He was just very broad, very husky man. So they were kind of a sight to see out in public. With all these family troubles and the couple having to take out a loan from the bank to pay off debts, and Penty being an alcoholic as well as abusive, not just to Hilka, most of it being focused on her, but also their five children, their five children were eventually taken away from them and put into foster homes, which is absolutely heartbreaking hearing that like as a mom, but to get them in a safer environment, environment yeah, it just... I guess it's better for them. It really just depends on the foster home, though, because sometimes because I whenever I was a counselor, I used to work with kids that were in Mm -hmm. foster homes and such. And depending on what foster home they were in, it wasn't any better. I know. Which is the hard part, because so many of the times these foster homes are terrible. I mean, that's also here in uh, Orlando. That's true. Uh and also, I don't know what the foster home system is like in Finland, but... It probably still just ranges depending mm-hmm. on the foster home. It could be better, could be not. But either way, these kids are on the struggle bus mm-hmm. and already starting out with a lot. And I'm sure from Hilka's point of view, it's incredibly hard on her because I'm sure she... It's a wa- hard decision. She wants to be a mom. Obviously, she mm-hmm. has five kids. So for her to lose all five of them because her parenting is not hers specifically but Mm -hmm. it's coming off as her parenting is unfit and that's why she can't have her children anymore and then she doesn't even yeah like and then she doesn't even know if they're gonna be in In a a better environment or if it's yeah so i'm sure that also probably puts a lot of stress Mm -hmm. on their marriage because now she has a lot of resentment i'm sure do you really care though Mm, i don't Mm. know So, years later, on Christmas Day, their eldest son, Seppo, was coming home to visit for the holidays, and he ended up bringing a schoolmate with him, and he actually returned a day earlier than he told his parents, and that his parents thought that he was going to be returning home, and hoping that they were going to be pleased to see the 13-year-old boy. When arriving at the family home, Seppo recalls the kitchen door being locked, which is like, was a red flag for him because the kitchen door is kind of like our interpretation of the side door. It's like, it's like always unlocked. It's the family door. Like everyone just comes in and out. Like I'm not going to give away my home secrets, but like there's a certain door in the house that we use all the time. So it's like, Oh yeah, just come in through this door. It's fine. So he notices that door being locked, but the light is on. So he's like, Oh, like follow me schoolmate. We're just going to go to the front of the house. So they go in through the front door They cross the entry room, enter the foyer, and this is where they're greeted by Penty, who is visibly upset. And he's suspiciously locking the kitchen door behind him. And now the light is off. So, 
which is kind of weird. I mean, I know yeah. it's an old home, and this is like, why are we locking you know, doors? Like, why are we locking the kitchen door of all doors? What kitchens have doors? I feel like in the '60s they all had doors. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is like an old house, and it also obviously has been passed down from grandparents through yeah. grandparents in the family. It's like it used to be like every room was a separate room. Yeah, but. Why are you locking the Why kitchen door? Why are you locking door? the kitchen door? Like, it just seems really, really weird. What if I want a glass of water? That's what I'm saying. What am I going to do? Drink from the sink, boy. No. I, guess. I don't know. I don't know. So Seppo went on to question Penty, his dad, and asked him, mm, where's mom? Like, it's Christmas. What's going on? Why isn't she here? Why isn't she here? All that kind of stuff. And Penty just replies, oh... She went out while I was sleeping. My guy. She she was mad about something yeah, and just she left. Just, she just left. And I don't know where she went. Yeah, she's the one who has the rage problem. <laughs> she just left. Which seems pretty weird because if you know their relationship between Penty and Hilka, it's just very out of character. Again, I hate to say it, red flag. Just because it's not like her to be just leaving especially on uh, on christmas like i don't know how important christmas is to finish people but i feel that it's still a big deal like it's family time right and if she hasn't seen her kids in a while because they've been in the system or anything but again he did arrive home a day early so Maybe she was planning on being home the next day or whatever. You know. But, again, for Penty to not know where she had gone, and if she if it was kind of like a runaway situation, you know, wouldn't she have gotten in contact with her kids immediately? And been like, yo, I dipped. I left your father. Let's, get, let's skedaddle. Let's get out of here, you know? I mean, not necessarily, because if you were to just run away from an abusive situation, you might leave with literally nothing on you or attached to you and have nowhere to really go. And since it is only the next day, Mm -hmm. she may not still have anywhere to be able to contact anyone. Mm -hmm. But it sounds that uh, Penty is pretty controlling. So why would he not know where she went? It seems, Especially if it was, like, after, like, an argument or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, it'd be really hard for her to just... Mm-hmm. Just dis- leave. Yeah. Just, like, leave and disappear. Christmas night rolls around, and with, you know, Finland getting so cold at night, the boys obviously need blankets to go to bed. Like, they need to... Cover up. Layer up. Yeah. And they go to Penti... He obviously has to unlock the door for them to get blankets, which are stored in the kitchen for some odd reason. I don't know if maybe that's where laundry was getting done or anything like that. That makes sense. Yeah, it wasn't super specific on that portion of the story. But the boys have to go into the kitchen either way to retrieve blankets. So Penty has to unlock it, and he is not very far behind when those boys go in there. And throughout the rest of the trip, the boys are being watched very heavily by Penty. He doesn't really let them out of his sight. He is always kind of keeping a tight eye on them wherever they go in the house, outside the house, whatever. 
And so when Seppo questions Penti why it's dark in there and he doesn't just turn on the lights, Penti just replies, oh, the light is out. Like, I need to fix it. Don't worry about it. Just very nonchalant, like, get what you need, get out kind of attitude. It's dark. It's night. Yeah. I can't see anything at night. Super weird. Super weird. And again, the light was on when Seppo got home earlier that day. Right. Just hours before. Did the light just break? Why is he? A couple hours ago. Why doesn't he just fix it? Why is he so protective of this kitchen? Yeah. And at the time, Seppo is only 13. And this is his father he's speaking to. I'm sure. He can't really super question him. No. Nothing else was really reported after Seppo left, but he does recall all these weird things happening while he was there, like the light and and dad being really protective of the kitchen, the kitchen door being locked in general, and how just standoffish Penty was when Seppo was visiting. And he didn't even see his mom the entire time, which also was like really, really weird. He remembers seeing a scratch on his dad's knuckle, which was bad enough that he noticed it, you know? And this is whenever suspicion started arising in in Seppo, and he really felt conflicted about it because that's his dad, you know? And he noticed, again, that while he was looking around the property and looking around the house that there was a cow barn that they had and there was a huge pile of sand there that was there for literally years like literally years it's like that thing that you have in your yeah. house or in your yard and it's you just, just always there it's there and it's an eyesore but it doesn't mm-hmm. matter because it's in the backyard mm-hmm. so you just leave it and it was now gone so it'd be weird for him to finally like, take care of this but he can't fix the light in the kitchen like suspicious And whenever the, obviously, day came, he noticed that in the kitchen, things that were... This oven had not been used in years. So it kind of became like the junk drawer. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they just threw things on top of it, threw things inside of it, whatever. And it hadn't been opened in years because it just didn't really have a purpose anymore. It took a lot of firewood, took a lot of manpower to get it up and running, and it just wasn't useful for a couple of two to be using. Now, Seppo's noticing that all that stuff that was piled up on it for years is now disheveled and on the floor, and the brick in the mortar looks now repaired like the door had been opened and closed again he's feeling really conflicted like is my dad capable of doing something like that and he remembers clearly like day that neighbors including seppo had heard penty had gotten very drunk one night and threatened to kill hilka stating that they aka the police would never be able to solve the murder so people are legit hearing the verbal abuse, the death threats, the the nine, okay? Seems, I mean, obviously people make empty-handed promises or suggestions and stuff like that whenever they're drunk. Or angry. Or angry, you know? Obviously, maybe... But that's not something I would really brush off. Yeah, I but could see... But what are you supposed to report on that? Yeah. He said... 
I could see you being like, I'm going to murder you or something. Mm-hmm. But going as far to say that they would never be able to solve the murder, that's a whole other side of it. That reminds me of today I literally watched Cat in the Hat. <laughs> okay. I will cut you and I will make it look like an accident. That's literally the scene from the Cupcake Night to that scene. You don't know what I'm talking about. That's no, okay. It's fine. It's fine. But that's what it reminds me of. Like the whole threat of I'm going to kill you, but no one is ever going to find you. That's terrifying. Yeah. It's not e- It's not even just a normal threat of like, I'm going to hit you or I'm going to kill you. It's going to follow up. So- yeah, it's the follow up. <laughs> it's the knowing, oh my God, he could actually kill me and no one would care or figure it out for me. Yeah. It's that. Yeah. That's there it. would probably be no witness. There are no children. But can you imagine being a child hearing that? Your father say that to your mother? I'd kill myself. Just kidding. I wouldn't do that. Emily. <laughs> I'm in a very... I love how quick you were with that. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm in a very dark place. It's fine. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. Seriously. I would never. I would never gonna slide on past that a missing persons report was filed and yet nothing came of it after they noticed that hilka had been gone for days even with seppo over the years and over the next couple of weeks returning home to do searches of the grounds which is whenever he ended up finding the brick and mortar the sand the all other sorts of stuff and seppo even went as far as to write a letter to the police and these were the exact words from the letter are you ready No. Are you ready? No. I suspect that my father knows more about the disappearance of my mother more than he has told me. He has clearly opened the oven and shut it again. However, the oven had not been used in seven to eight years before this. My father was cleaning in the dark, even though the room was lit when I arrived, talking about the night that he came home for Christmas. I think the oven should be dismantled. My father could do anything. Who cleans in the dark? Let me just say, well, <laughs> I have tried multiple times when I go on my little anxious rants whenever mm-hmm. I get drunk or something, and I will anxiously just clean things. But eventually the lights come on. Yeah, because I get frustrated that I can't actually clean anything or see anything. But I could see wanting to clean in the dark if you don't want to see what you're cleaning. Ooh, Emily. Oh, my God. Uh, are you an investigator? I'm just I'm just a true crime fan. That's all. I'm a I'm a I'm an Internet sleuth. I'm a I'm a I'm a spooky sleuth. <gasps> she said it first here, y'all. She spooky said it first here. TM. I was literally going to say that. Let's say it at the same time. TM. TM. Okay, this letter, as well as many other tips to investigate Penty, because now people are noticing that Hilka's missing. They are looking back, because hindsight is always twenty they They're looking back, and they're like, um, he said some real sketch things, you know, about, like, threatening to kill her and stuff. But the police ignored all of it, because they didn't, they just didn't have the time, or I don't know what. They just didn't have a lead on why she had disappeared. So they didn't really want to investigate it further. They just thought that she was just a runaway from an abusive husband. No need to find her if she doesn't want to be found kind of thing. And in May of 1967, Seppo wrote anonymously to, I think it's 
Elama, but the A's have like the two little dots on top of it, which Elama? I think, which I think means that you have. I took French. <laughs> I don't want to brag, <laughs> <laughs> but you have to like separate it into the two vowel sounds. But whatever, it's a lifestyle magazine in in Finland, and the article was titled "I Think My Father Is a Murderer." And as you can suspect, Penty tried to brush off all the accusations and rumors that were kind of floating about him and his wife and again this is whenever more people started reporting all of the crazy violent you know verbal abuse that they would hear the fights that they would get in yada 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 and whenever the two were finally in the same room again whenever seppo visited his father again he said that you two should mind your business uh you should tell me not what to do because Seppo's an adult now. He can do what he wants. <laughs> I don't know. But not good. Why would you say you need to mind your own business if there was business to be minded? Also, ask questions. Don't just take things at face value. Ask all the questions. Because if you ask the questions, you might find out the answers. And while you might not like those answers, the answers need to be found. Daddy a murderer. Mm. Ask the questions. But not in the cute way. It's Penty was pretty way. good. <laughs> it's never in the QA. Penty was pretty good at brushing off all the suspicion and stuff like that. So whenever the police would come to him for more questioning or God only knows what, he was really good at putting them at ease and just saying, like, she left in the middle of the night. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know where she is. And since there was no real evidence at his house that they could visibly see, there was nothing that they could do. There was no probable cause at this moment in time. But in April of 1972, only 12 years later after she had disappeared, only 12 12 years later, because Seppo really, really kept on this case. Like he was convinced that it was his father and that his father knew knew more. He was really, really convinced. So he was not going to give it up or give his mother up, in other words. So sad. So a new chief of police comes into Finland in their precinct and is put into place and he decides to look through cold cases over the last like decade two decades and this is whenever they find the letter that seppo wrote in 1966 only a couple years only six years after his mom disappeared and immediately he was alarmed he was like um this don't make sense yeah and with all the other reports that he had as well that he's looking at in this file of the reports of Penty being violent, being a drunk, the threats that he gave to her, all that kind of stuff. He immediately just started really looking into it and getting some more testimonies from neighbors, from townspeople, all that kind of stuff. Once he felt like he could really get this case off the ground and he was pretty convinced that it was Penty, this is whenever he contacted Seppo and asked Seppo to come down and give him a statement and a recollection of all of the things that he witnessed when he stayed there on christmas this is when shit gets real real okay finally someone is listening to seppo only 12 years later it's fine as long as it happens you know what i'm saying so seppo comes in gives his uh, statement of suspicions and all the things that he witnessed and november 27th 1972 police show up at penty's door with the district commissioner and said we're here to dismantle your oven my guy because we believe 
with probable cause that there's something fishy going on in there. And of course, that's not what Seppo was hoping for. But after hours of taking the oven apart brick by brick, because they wanted to be very careful with how they were taking this oven apart, because whatever evidence they were going to find was hopefully going to be in that brick oven. And this is whenever they arrived to the firebox, which I don't know if anyone's familiar with the anatomy of a brick oven. Just think of like a pizza oven. Oh, it's basically the same thing. That's what they're mostly known for, brick ovens. But people used to use them back then for other things as well. But they kind of like grew out of style, obviously. So that bottom chamber is what is filled with the wood, charcoal, whatever you would put in there to hold your fire. They call it the firebox. So in that firebox, they find the sand that Seppo had reported was missing from the, the cow barn only years before. Why? So when they start digging through the sand, police ends up finding a boot, a rubber boot. And whenever they take that boot off, there are five little tiny toes in that little rubber boot. Just the toes? Just the toes. They keep digging, and this is whenever they end up finding the entire body shortly after. And the body was then taken from um, to the Capitol for Seppo to identify as his mother. So we have justice. We found her. She's not just up and missing. She hasn't disappeared. Pinty, you stupid. You stupid for keeping her in your oven. You messed up. You messed up. We figured it out. We come in your oven. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) The body was in immaculate condition, unfortunately, on, on Penty's position on the matter. But... With this, they were able to figure out what clothes she was wearing whenever she died. They were they were able to match the boot prints to the footprints that uh, Seppo saw leading to and from the house the day that he arrived on Christmas. But again, it wasn't weird for him to report because he was like, of course, my mom would have footprints going in and out of the kitchen door. But it was just weird that the kitchen door was locked. Right. They were able to kind of pinpoint that she was probably killed shortly after working outside seeing as she was still in her outside clothing and like outside work clothing yeah if that makes sense and the rubber boots were still on her for some reason that just makes me really uncomfortable (laughs) that what could have triggered him so quickly from her working outside to coming inside like was it a jealous thing was it who knows i don't know i don't know it just makes me uncomfortable it seems like it was a very rash yeah unplanned but then again he he thought it through enough to put her in the oven like it just i don't know it could have been half premeditated half Mm -hmm. oh this is my chance i just got to do it now kind of thing but still it does seem kind of rash yeah that she would still be in outside clothes the footprints would still be there not covered up by snow yet enough for him to notice maybe that's why Penty was so angry whenever the boys showed up a day early because it was kind of ruining his plans. I don't know. I, I don't know. So that's whenever they're like, Penty, you come in with us to the Slamma because obviously something happened here and we need some answers. Under interrogation, Penty confessed to literally nothing. He was like, I don't know anything about this. Don't know what you're talking about. Honestly, I don't even feel bad about it. Who was she, you know? And with, again, how preserved she was and how mummified she was, there were still no signs of violence found. 
they couldn't figure out what the co- the cause of death was. She, it wasn't by strangulation. It wasn't by physically harming her. But she was dead and she was in the oven. So obviously he had something to do with it, you know? And I don't know if it seems since there's no type of like gunshot wound, there's no mm-hmm. evidence of strangulation. Strangulation. I got it. I'm there. Mm-hmm. We're good. Does that mean that she could have just been like. It could have been an accident? Burned alive. And that's how she died. Suffocation, maybe, from being in the sand. Maybe. And that's how he did it. Maybe so, he just buried her alive. So there's no sign of any type of struggle or anything. Because she he did, just. I don't want to know. I really don't. And initially, he refused counsel. He didn't want anyone to represent him in this case because he was convinced he didn't do it. Right. You know, so he was like, I am capable of being okay in this case. Right. And when it became clear that he couldn't obviously defend himself, they ended up assigning him one anyway from the government because they were like, yo, like, obviously you need help. And... With the history of his domestic violence and the revolting claims that they had about shoving his wife's head into a bucket and making her eat like a pig. Like, it's really, really weird things that he said to her that were now coming up whenever they were investigating the, mm-hmm. the townspeople and the neighbors and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, when Seppo wasn't there visiting, they had a case at least to prosecute him for abuse. Abuse. So that's what they ended up doing. He got eight years for severe assault. I'm trying to use my big girl terms. Big girl terms. So they gave him eight years of imprisonment for severe assault. But after only one year of his sentence, the Supreme Court was kind of at a standstill. Didn't really know what to do since there was no cause of death technically that they could find on Hilka's body. They couldn't convict him for that. He was behaving well in jail. They Their hands were pretty much tied. So they ended up letting him go at that point. And since he couldn't be tried for killing Hilka, he was then freed. And that's whenever he returned home to the house that he probably killed her in. Right. And lived there until he died August 1st, 1986. And still, to this day, it... His, the case is still marked as an unsolved crime. It's a cold case. It's solved. It's solved. O.J. Simpson. I didn't say it. O.J. I think the most annoying thing about that case is the fact that it's solved, but because they don't have the proper evidence, mm-hmm. they can't actually do anything. So they know what happened. They know who done it. Mm-hmm. They know everything. They, they just didn't have any choice but to set him free. I think that's the most annoying part about all of it is just knowing that everyone knows it, mm-hmm. but they can't do anything. No, but I'm glad Seppo got his and obviously her other children. Yeah. Got some sort of closure knowing mm-hmm. that she wasn't just gone. You know, it's still absolutely heartbreaking that their father was capable of doing something like that. But. At least they now know that she lay to rest instead of roaming the world somewhere, not knowing what had happened. 
And in this case, which I ended up reading about later on, a little bit more into detail about, like, his actual court case, he even tried to, like, come up with the excuse that Romani, 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 Romani people came in and, you know, kidnapped her and took her away and then they killed her and then they put her in the oven and yeah if sure. they kidnapped her she would have had all this stuff like the court was just like you're just coming up with excuses that's whenever they assigned him those people because they were like obviously you need to get your thoughts together because you don't even know what's going on here so the fact that he didn't even feel remorse also makes me uncomfortable but i guess to kill people you can't have remorse <laughs> that's kind of the whole thing i think that's like one of the main character yeah. traits you have to have. One of the main characteristics of being a killer is that you don't have romance. Hashtag can't relate. For good reasons. Thanks. But yeah, that's our Christmas special. I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys got something out of that story. So if you ever hear anything of, especially domestic violence, because one day it's coming for you. One day it's coming for you. And I hope I hope on everyone's behalf that it ends up not getting to the point where you're put into an oven, but always report it, whether you think it's going to help or not, just try to protect that person at all costs. It's better to report it and it be nothing than mm -hmm. to not report it and it be something. So. Sorry, we have to dampen the mood on Christmas. <laughs> if you uh, are ever asked to uh, come into the kitchen while someone is putting a brick oven together or seems to be taking one apart. Say no. Yeah, say no. And don't, don't sleep, sleep alone. alone.